Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. The market shift is going to be interesting. And, and dare I say that the luxury market gets insulated from any of those changes, but it definitely affects it differently. So the luxury market, I think, will shift a little bit. Of course, I am no expert on the markets. Um, we are already kind of seeing it, though. But we are still very cautiously optimistic that we'll continue to grow at Picasso just like we have been. Um, and so some of the things like, you know, one of the changes we are probably going to make is we launched so many markets so quickly. We were doing two to three a month all year long is to probably slow down on new markets and really focus on our existing markets. We are and go deeper into those markets. Welcome to the Real Trending podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, editorial director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share their trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. Today, I'd like to welcome Marnie Blanco, Vice President of Industry Relations for Picasso. Welcome, Marnie. Hi, Tracy. Good to be here. Thank you. Did I say your name, last name correct? Uh-huh. Well, it's Blanco typically, but everybody calls me Blanco. Do you want me? I can redo it. Nope. You sure? Yeah, okay. you're really good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So I want to start at the beginning. Um, I, I'm sure the majority of our audience is familiar with Picasso, but for those who aren't, can you just describe the business model and some of the services that you offer? Yes. So Picasso is a second home ownership model where we turn high-end luxury homes into co-owned homes. And so what that means is simply as Picasso comes in and buys high-end luxury homes, um, and then we find up to eight owners per home. So as an owner of the home, you can own an eighth, a quarter, or up to a half of a home. And we're in about 40 different markets throughout the U.S. and Europe and Spain and London. Um, and then just even as of last week, we just launched our fourth country, Mexico in Cabo. And so we are kind of spread throughout um, you know, all the top destination markets. Okay, great. And who would you say your ideal customer is? Well, we have a couple of different customers. You can look at it from a consumer perspective, but you can also look at it from a real estate perspective as well. So the ideal customer is, you know, we have probably, I would say, two audiences. And when the company first started, the entire mission is to make second home ownership possible and more enjoyable for more people, right? So we probably you and I even have dreamt of having a second home. We all know people who would love to have a second home. Um, and either maybe it's not accessible because it's not affordable to have the type of home you want, um, or you don't want to take care of it and put up with it, right? Second home ownership, typically people only are in the homes maybe six to eight weeks a year at the most. Um, and then they sit empty the rest of the time. And we all know it's a lot of um, work to just keep up your own home, much less two of them, or even some of these um, folks who have even maybe three or four different homes. And so that audience is really um, 
important to us because it makes the dream of second home ownership more possible. But what we found after we launched the company that there's a whole nother audience too. There's the audience of a lot of um, homeowners who can afford a high-end luxury home, you know, five, six, $10 million, but they don't want to, because like I said earlier, they don't want to have to take care of the whole home by themselves. They know they're not going to be using it. Maybe they have other homes they go to. Um, and so it makes it more logical for them to have a co-owned home where they can share the home with other owners. Um, and then in the Picasso model, once we buy the home, we find the owners, all eight owners of the home. We just move to a property management role at that point in time. And so the home is completely you know, taken care of from the second you walk in the door to the second you close it and leave and everything in between before and after. And so it becomes a really, really um, positive experience for our owners. Um, it's almost like checking into a hotel. They don't even lift a finger. They, you know, they schedule when they're going to be there, whatever time that they want. Um, and then they show up, they have a great time, they leave and they don't think twice about it. So it's, a, it's great for all sorts of owners. Okay, great. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about that, um, you know, fractional ownership. I know I interviewed um, founder Austin Allison a while back and he mentioned the strategy was slightly changing. Um, you always focused on like the uber high-end um, luxury areas. And he said the company's moving into some new luxury areas, not to be mistaken for non-luxury areas, just maybe not the super, super high-end. So sure. talk to me a little bit about that strategy and, and where you've, um, you know, where you've come in maybe the past six months or so. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the mission of the company has always been to, like I said, make second home ownership more accessible. So having different price points in different markets is really important. Um, so over the last year and a half or so, we've grown over 400% in revenue, which is amazing. And that has gone from launching so many new markets. So we have a variety of price points. You could be in you know, Palm Springs area and find a share for 250000 to 300000 or you could go to Malibu, Aspen, and get homes that are more, you know, in the one point five to two point two million dollar range per share. So it's important to have that variety for different owners. Um, like I said, when we you have these two different audiences, um, you know, what we're starting to find is a lot of our owners want multiple shares in multiple places, and so they don't just have one Picasso; they have one in Miami, they have one in Aspen, and then they have one in Palm Springs or maybe even over in Europe, you know, in Marbella, Spain or the, the UK. Um, and so having those options for the audience is really important. And that's where we have grown since the last time you, you spoke with Austin um, is to have that variety out there. Okay, great. Um, so, you know, obviously, we, you know, you were at the Gathering of Eagles, the big talk was the market shift and, you know, the change and so um, are you in the leadership team doing anything different to compete in this new market? Any new services you're adding? Any changes in direction? Um, talk to me a little bit about what you're doing. Absolutely. The, yeah, the market shift is going to be interesting. And, and dare I say that the luxury market gets insulated from any of those changes, but it definitely affects it differently than it does you know, other price points of, of homes, primary or, and or secondary. So the luxury market, I think, will shift a little bit. Of course, I am no expert on the markets. Um, we are already kind of seeing it, though. But we are still very cautiously optimistic that we'll continue to grow at Picasso just like we have been. Um, and so some of the things like, you know, one of the changes we are probably going to make is we launched 
so many markets so quickly, we were doing two to three a month all year long, is to probably slow down on new markets and really focus on our existing markets we are and go deeper into those markets. Um, And making sure we're working with the real estate community, making sure we have inventory, um, making sure that we're serving all the demand that we know is already coming in for these 40 plus markets that we're in. And so for us, it's not a huge shift. Um, You know, we'll still have a a couple more launches. Um, You know, for example, we'll launch Steamboat here in Colorado um, coming up next week. And so there will still be a few, but we have a lot of work to do in all the existing markets we're already in. And I think that that's um, really important to make sure that we're maintaining um, not only our, our market share in those areas, but that we're serving the, the owners that we have. And then we have so much buyer demand that we have to also serve that as well. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned working with agents and brokers. So tell me, um, you know, how that works and what are what are your um, you know, what are you doing in that um, you know, side of the business? Yes. Agents and brokers are really critical to our business. And it's and it's definitely an educational facet with the agents and brokers. Um, you know, a lot of times when people say, oh, Picasso, the first thing that comes to mind is a timeshare. So we always have to dispel that myth right away, and it, which is pretty easy. And the real estate community gets it. They understand, you know, it's very, our model is very different than a timeshare. Um, but what we also know is agents are the ones who know the second home owners. They know second home buyers. They know the people who dreamt of having a second home, but never really put it into an actual focus or a goal of theirs. And so our business becomes very additive for agents to, to focus on and that they can think, you know what, I have a pretty big clientele list that I know that would be interested in something like this. So we work with the agent community to educate them on what Picasso is on the model and so that they can present it to their clients. And it's really quite simple. If an agent brings us a buyer as a referral, we pay them the full 3% on the share price of the home. And what's unique about it is it doesn't just have to be homes in their area. You know, I mean, you know, as well as I do, Tracy, agents are very local, you know, hyper local type of business. Um, they like to be the local experts and, and they are um, sought out for that, which is wonderful. Um, the Picasso model can broaden their market reach though, because Picasso, you can, agents can bring us buyers for any of our homes in all 40 plus markets, even in Europe and Mexico as well. And so it just broadens their reach and it broadens their, you know, their book of business. And so really getting the agents to think bigger than just their local hometown. And even if we don't have homes in in their particular area, that's okay. Like, you know, we have a ton of homes in Miami and South Florida. Well, our buyers are coming from Minneapolis and Michigan, even though we don't have homes there. The agents know those buyers. They have, you know, the the people who are looking for second homes in all these top destinations. So it's really important for us to work with all agents and every location um, to really just educate on what the opportunity is for them. And do you um, do you is your strategy to really work with the brokers and then get like partner with the brokers and then work with the agents? Um, you're not actually going up after individual agents or maybe some who. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always obviously from a scale perspective, it's always easier to reach out to a broker um, and then you can educate, you know, the entire office, whether it's an office presentation or we do events to get to know them. I mean, again, we all know the real estate business is very uh, relationship based and personal. um, And that's our goal is that we want to create relationships here. So that's on a variety of ways. We can go through the brokers. We can go directly to agents. We're obviously at all the, the big shows. You know, if we're at like 
Gathering of Eagles or Inman or all of the national shows out there. And then we partner and meet with a lot of agents at those places as well. So it's kind of a, a broad mass reach and then also a targeted, um, you know, certain area reach as well. Okay. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. And I want to talk to you about overall trends that you're seeing in the brokerage industry, um, you know, maybe related to fractional ownership, not necessarily related to your company, but what are some trends that you're seeing happening right now? Yes. You know what I think is going to be interesting, the biggest trend, well, to, to your point, the co-ownership is a, it is a trend and not just necessarily with Picasso or what we do. It's almost with everything. It's with, um, if you kind of think we're kind of in this sharing economy now, we have people who are used to um, sharing bikes, sharing cars, sharing, you know, sharing a home is, is no, you know, is not really that different when you think about it. Um, I remember being at a conference earlier this year and um, somebody said, what is the definition of luxury? Like, can you, can you define what luxury is and, and how will it change? And, and what are the trends we're seeing in luxury? Um, the answer I thought was very, very interesting is somebody said, just being able to own a home is a luxury these days, especially with our price increases and so what we kind of see is that the thought of co-ownership is, is really important and it's different, right? It's not, you know, for you and me and, and how we grew up that, you know, we don't think that way. We think let's get out of college, let's have our home, let's have our space. Um, and I don't think that's going to be the way anymore. I think that, you know, especially with the millennial generation, we're going to see a new way of thinking and of home ownership. And I almost think some people will have a second home before they even have a first home because they're willing to do this kind of co-ownership type of model. Um, and then overall with the trends, what also um, stuck in my head is back in you know, 2007, 2008, um, we had a you know, pretty big recession trying times. It was a big shift in the real estate industry. And if you didn't learn, you weren't going to earn, right? You know, auctions were a big deal. Short sales were a big deal. Agents didn't know how to work with that foreclosures. Mm -hmm. um, they really had to step up their game and start learning about new models and new ways of doing business. And I think what we're going to see coming into the next, you know, 12 to 18 months is going to be very similar. I don't think it's necessarily going to be as big as it was back in 2007, 2008 with the foreclosure market, but people are going to have to be open to new models and, you know, like something like a co-ownership. Um, is going to be something that they can, you know, add to their toolbox and their, um, you know, way of selling and thinking um, just broader than what they're used to and, and being open to learning new things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I've already seen a trend um, in the past year toward these companies that used to be considered disruptors, um, trying to disrupt the real estate agent or broker are really moving toward partnering with them instead. And with an eye on the consumer, which, um, is you want to offer as many options to the consumer as possible for ways to own a home, more uh, fund a home, you know, whatever it is, sell a home, buy a home. Um, exactly. and, and so it is interesting. Um, who are your like major competitors? Do you, you know, to be honest and, and not to sound arrogant, we don't follow our competitors. We yeah. really have more of an infinite mindset of the business and the um, opportunity that brings to consumers um, that we just know if we do our business well and we serve it the way that we have built the mission, that we don't really actually watch competitors. Um, they obviously get served up to us. And, you know, a lot of times people say, have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? And, you know, we might have heard the name, um, but it really is not a focus of the business at all. 
Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't know any competitors to you. So <laughs> I was curious. Um, <laughs> so tell me what is next for Picasso? What's uh, next coming up? Yeah. You know, I think a big area that we're going to be focusing on as well is um, not just expansion into new markets, with new price points or existing markets and going deeper, but how do we serve our owners that we already have? And um, how do we enhance our tech-enabled um, you know, scheduling tools and concierge tools that our owners can have? So do we make sure that their experience is um, what it is meant to be and, and that it's the utmost um, wonderful experience? Because a lot of, you know, we find new owners through our existing owners. That, you know, that referral comes from an agent, that referral comes from an existing owner. Um, and so it's really, really important that these owners are happy with their experience. And so we have a lot of ways to make that experience um, more automated, more personalized um, through technology and through our tools that we provide from Picasso. And so that will be a big focus is, is really expanding um, that service to our owners. Yeah. And you just made me kind of think that you're not just a co-ownership model. You're also a property management model, exactly. um, which is yeah. another stream of income for the company. So um, what, like, you know, I know that, um, I, this was supposed to be my last question, but I'm going to ask you about your property management. So what, um, you know, what is next for that side of the business um, as well? And do all of those properties use you to handle their property management? Is that part of the deal? Yeah, or? That's part of the Picasso deal. Yeah. Once all those shares are sold, like I said, we just move into a property management role. Now, technically, if all the owners wanted to get together and decide they don't want Picasso to manage the home anymore, they probably, they can't, they would have the voting rights to do that. Um, we certainly haven't had that happen and nor do any of our owners want that to happen. Um, yeah. So the property management side is really important. And the operations side of the company is extremely important. We just hired not too long ago, a new um, COO that really focuses on that because it's critical to our business and, and moving forward. And so I think that, um, you know, what you'll see is like each one of our homes, for example, once we have, um, we're in market and we have a couple of homes, we have local people who live there. We have home managers who live there. They are in and out of the homes constantly to making sure that everything is tip top. Every detail, um, you know, is not overlooked, that the home is pristine and clean and um, because it needs to be a five-star experience every time one of our owners shows up. And a lot of times it's just like, probably like a hotel business, you know, you have, um, maybe a 24 hours to turn around the home for a whole new family. And that can be a lot. So it is a big focus of ours um, right now as a, you know, from a revenue perspective, maybe not the largest revenue stream we have. Um, you pay basically $99 a month to Picasso to manage the home. So it's not a big fee. Um, there's other fees that are passed through directly to the owners. So if it's insurance, taxes, um, utilities, all of that becomes one fee and that gets divided out by eight and just is passed through to the owners. And so we just become the management arm at that point in time. But we're so vested, right? And when you are the your property is your own that you have just brought into the Picasso model, um, you are vested to keep that that property pristine and those owners extremely happy. And that's what makes it really big opportunity to take in-house property management versus using an outside vendor, you know, vendor, this vendor in this market, this vendor in this market. Um, we still partner with vendors. We still obviously have third, third party um, partnerships with um, different providers, but owning that management experience is really important to us. 
And what happens when the um, co-owners are ready to sell? Who lists the property? Yeah. So when they can, when they went to sell, there's basically three paths. And it's first, as a part of the operating agreement, they give first right of refusal to the other existing owners. So it, you know, if somebody has an eighth of a share and they want a quarter now because they get more time in the home, um, they have the option to do that. So they get five days, the first right of refusal from the existing owners. If that is not accepted, then we move on to almost kind of like an iBuyer situation where Picasso will buy it back from the owner and then resell it just like we did the first time, but it, you know, it'll probably a small discount to the owner. Um, and then if they don't want to do that either, we can relist it on the MLS forum and sell it just like normal. And so it gives them options. Um, you know, one of the big myths about it or not myths, but, um, probably truths about a, a timeshare is people always say easy in, hard to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, and our model is exactly the opposite. So we fully understand people want to resell and we have several resales already. Um, within the company, I'd say more often than not, we have another owner pick it up pretty quickly because once they start staying in the house, it becomes you know a part of their family and a part of their their lifestyle, and so they want more time in there. Um, but a lot of times, we just go resell it for them. Okay, well, great. Yeah. Uh, well, Marty, thank you so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast today. I really appreciate speaking with you about Picasso. Yes, Tracy, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment, and we will see you next week with more news and insights.